and we are recording in progress recording with miss deb conrad pa physician's assistant on tuesday march 21st 2023 at 505 p.m eastern time and guys if you want to support the podcast and you're watching on rumble you can click the little red button that's locals it's like rumble's version of patreon you can go give me a couple bucks a month keep the show going keep it independent get exclusive content all that good stuff whatever um also, and if you want to support Ms. Conrad for your, your travels around the U.S. and the interviews you're giving, um, there are two links in the description where you can go throw her a couple bucks and help her uh, keep fighting the good fight. But Ms. Conrad, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Deborah Conrad. Uh, I'm a physician assistant. I, I've been a physician assistant for over 20 years. Most of my job has been working in an inpatient hospital setting. I have done a lot of outpatient work, but majority of the time I spent in the hospital. Um, I, you know, loved, loved my job, loved doing what I did, was going about my life. And then COVID hit and everything kind of went south. And from the very beginning, I knew something was wrong. And ultimately, when the vaccines came out, the wrong got even worse, and I whistle blew on my organization for not reporting uh, vaccine injury to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and I lost my job October 6, 2021. I was actually walked out. Yeah. So <laughs> Wow, that's that's hardcore. I got, I got banned from YouTube on August 29th, 2021, so close oh, enough. Wow. Close enough. Not the same, but close enough. That's that's pretty hardcore. So what what exactly, what were they not reporting? What were they omitting? So again, as healthcare workers, I always say, most of us are very naive to even the thought that vaccines could cause anybody harm. Uh, we're not taught that in school. It's, it's, it's just not anything we learn in our prospective medical training. We're only taught that vaccines are safe. They've saved the world and basically learn the schedule, how many to give, what to give, and just they never talk about side effects or anything. So I came into this whole COVID thing having no idea that vaccine injury was even a possibility. I was totally naive to it. Um, but when the vaccines came out in 2021, keeping in mind I've been at that hospital for over 15 years, I knew what came in every day. You, you typically see the same types of patients and patterns on a day-to-day -day basis in the hospital setting. And all of a sudden we were getting some really weird stuff coming in that just didn't make any sense. And I noticed it was happening in people who received the COVID vaccine, either, you know, within a few days after receiving the vaccine or sometimes even up to a couple of months, they just would tell you my health has gone downhill. So when I started seeing this, I just, you know, my curious nature had me go on the internet and just start doing some research. And that's where I found the vaccine adverse event reporting system on my own, this was never educated to us. And I just started doing these adverse events for my patients that I was seeing and for the patients in the hospital. Um, and I learned as I went, because again, this was all new to me. Um, I notified my leadership in the hospital that I would be doing this because it was, to me, it was very important. We were dealing with an emergency use authorized product that only had two months of clinical trial data before it was released on humans. And, you know, I said, we, we need to know if this thing is truly safe. And the VAR system is there to assure that COVID or that, or that the va vaccines in general are safe post uh, clinical trial, post marketing. So why aren't we doing this? 
Um, and initially, my leadership really didn't have too much of a problem with it. They, I don't think they even thought that it was going to escalate to what it did. Um, but it really took over my life because each report takes about anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the patient. And this is not, not anything you can do during your work schedule. There's no way. You, it's, it's, it just takes too much time. So I would do it on my days off or after my shift ended. Um, and, you know, in one month alone, I, I believe if I remember, I did something like 70 reports, which if you can imagine, it's done all on my own time. This is yeah. unpaid. 35 hours back. of BS. Like it, Yeah, it's crazy. And and so I, I went back to my leadership after about a month of doing this. And I said, you know what, guys? we need, I need help. Like, let's, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's figure out how we can get this reporting done the way that we're supposed to. And kind of that's when everything changed. And I was part of leadership. I was not just a PA in the hospital working clinically. I also was leadership. I was our advanced practice provider director for my hospital system. So I sat on our medical executive board. I was part of the medical staff. I was very involved in decision-making and, and processes within the hospital. So never never would I have thought that I would have been looked at in a negative light for this. Like I truly, you know, this is truly what we're supposed to be doing. This is about patient and community safety, which is grilled in our heads 24 seven. But I was met with so much resistance. Like it, it, it was just unbelievable. And, um, you know, I kept referring back to the VAERS website because one of the things I didn't know back then, I guess as much as I know now, is, is how serious it is if you don't report. So one of the things is, is that healthcare providers are required to do this by law, by federal law. Yeah, it's, the like 1980- a, it's like a felony if you omit it's it. It's a yeah. Yeah, so this is the this came out of the 1986 uh, vaccine injury um, uh, compensation or the, the the vaccine injury program that 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 was enacted in 1986. VARES came out in 1990. Well, because of this vaccine injury act, what what ended up happening was you know drug manufacturers were actually going to pull out of making vaccines in the United States and marketing them here because they were getting sued left and right. So they went to Congress and said, look, we want complete immunity. We want protection for vaccines across the board. And, and you, the government, you take care of, you know, taking care of this litigation. So this 1986 act was put in place. There were provisions made that would assure people in the United States patients that that vaccines were safe. And part of that law was that moderate to severe adverse events occurring after vaccination would be reported to the VAERS system. So it's a violation of federal law if you don't do it. And it's also a violation of your program participation agreement that every hospital system, every pharmacy, every university, everybody that ever gave out one of these shots or any shot for that matter, signs with the CDC and the FDA that they would, as a condition of payment for these vaccines, they would assure this reporting gets done. So there's many, many violations here. Again, I didn't know it back then. I just said to myself, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. This is just the right thing to do, right? Um, but I didn't know. I mean, I knew that as I went along that this was a legal thing. This is this is a violation of law. And I I made my leadership know know that. I said, look, you're asking me to break federal law here by by ultimately they they basically 
uh, withdrew my ability to report to VAERS. So what ended up happening was um, after I went back to them to ask for help with doing this reporting, what they did was audit my VAERS reports. They basically asked me to give them a bunch of the patients I had reported and they were gonna go to higher leadership, discuss it and then come back with a decision. And mind you, I had been doing reports for everybody in the hospital, the emergency room, my fellow colleagues, because nobody wanted to do this stuff, right? And I gave them really good patients um, that that met the exact reporting criteria for VAERS. Um, and it's listed on the website exactly what is the federally required reporting. So I picked the patients that met that, you know, to a T. Yeah. And they came back and basically told me, nope you know, you're crazy. No one else is doing this reporting. And as a result, we think you're over-reporting. So from this day forward, you can no longer do any virus reports on any patients you know about, hear about, are told about, unless you directly took care of them. And that was it. And I, I was like, what are you talking about? Who's going to, who's going to do all these reports then? Who's good? Are you going to put a system in place? Do we, no, they basically said, this is none of your business. Stay out of it. Just no. And I couldn't let that go. I said, no, we, we have people coming in, taking this emergency use product. They're, they're having problems after we are required by law to do this. I am not going to sit back and just let you tell me to just ignore it. No, that's, that's not because, because then I'm, I'm a criminal too, right? I mean, I'm committing a crime because I'm knowing this is going on and I'm doing nothing about it. So I just couldn't let it stand. And I knew I was in trouble if, if I continued to do this reporting. So I fortunately was able to get legal counsel that helped me through this process. Uh, again, we didn't, we, we can't go after them or anything like that, but they were there to support me legally and write letters to the hospital and act as a little bit of a, of a threat um, to try to get them off my back. Um, but ultimately in the end, yeah, I was walked out. Uh, what had happened was they just wouldn't listen to me. I kept emailing them having conversations with them. I, uh, my attorney at the time wrote a legal letter on my behalf to the CDC and the FDA, letting them know what was going on in this hospital, that they were not doing the reporting. We never heard back. Um, we wrote legal letter letters to um, the, the State Department of Health, um, the hospital system itself. And again, they basically denied any wrongdoing. And so I, I just couldn't live with it. I, I couldn't do it. So I ended up... Um, coming public as a whistleblower, knowing full well that my life was going to completely be destroyed. Um, and two weeks after I came out publicly on the high wire with Dell Bigtree, I was surrounded by um, basically my human resources department in front of all my peers. It wasn't done in private. It was done very publicly on the floor, the middle of my shift at one o'clock in the afternoon, treated like a total criminal. I was interrogated and then um, walked out. So they made an example of me, yeah. um, you know, so that if anyone else decided to pull this stuff, you know, they, that was the fate they were going to, they were going to um, see. So it, it was pretty, it was, it was humiliating. And, and, it, and it really made you feel like, you know, kind of, you were going crazy because yeah. I just couldn't understand why, what I was doing wrong. I kept asking them, I just, what am I doing wrong here? Because everything I read and see and hear, and I talk to the people at VAERS, I'm doing right. But they're telling me no, that 
so I, it was it was very emotional time for me because you know you you just it's just so unbelievable i mean i i don't know and and i was working on a religious exemption at the time of my firing you know they did ultimately let go all the healthcare workers that did not get vaccinated a, a little over a month and a half later but I, that would have been a month and a half more for me to be able to be employed and have some income no so so i mean i was i was walked out because i was a whistleblower there's there's no doubt about that there's no other reason they would have fired me that day it's you know it's humiliating by design it's making mm -hmm. an example of you it's not a professional hey can we speak to you it's uh, very much so in your i mean very middle school high school kind of tactic of like <laughs> you know you're an outcast you're not cool but then there's also there's something that supersedes it and it's well morally and ethically a huge one you know the the whole higher power argument in terms of god universe whatever you want to call it just doing the right thing but then mm -hmm. there's all that you know nice fluffy stuff aside there's also like the very real criminally there's a higher power mm -hmm. not your employer right if your employer's like go shoot that guy or um, you're fired i'm like dog i'm gonna go to jail for that like screw you <laughs> and by omitting those you would be directly committing a crime so then Unfortunately, you're put between a rock and a hard place, but you know that's kind of the thing about life is it doesn't care about that. It's just are you going to rise to the occasion or not? But it's you're now going to be fired, publicly humiliated, lose your income. You know you don't have any you don't have any warning. You can't start applying to other jobs. But if you didn't do that, you would one have to sit with the fact that you you know you're doing the wrong thing. You know medically, you know you're training that you're doing the wrong thing. But if there's ever an investigation, you are not only going to have done the wrong thing, you're also going to be screwed criminally, which would then lead to also getting screwed financially. So there's really no way out of it. And no. that's just, you know, and then the, the, there's like the higher philosophical order of like, well, then it was like, is this by design? Am I here in this life to choose between right and wrong? And that's, I don't know, that's beyond the scope of my podcast. You got to go take some mushrooms and sit in a field for that. I don't know. But like, <laughs> that is the thing you get to, right? It's where you feel crazy. Because I felt absolutely insane the first mm -hmm. time. I think I like read online. It was like August 2020. I just had COVID. I was working at a liquor store. And I'd been doing this podcast for like eight months. And I had just read passing that the the vaccine didn't stop transmission or contraction. And to me, I just went, oh, well, well then I'm not going to get it. And it wasn't some... It's experimental. It's not going to, for me, it was very much like that's 15 minutes of my life that I would rather just kind of be lazy and play video games. I'm not going to go get it. It was very much so like if I don't have to take out the trash, I'm not going to take out the trash. There was no, mm -hmm. there was no bigger, you know, conspiracy angle to it. I was just like, oh, I'm not going to get it because I don't, whatever. I'm, you know, and uh, I remember like bringing that up at work and the immediate response by people was so like like radical and so I brought it up on my podcast and the response to it again people I hadn't talked to in years just reach out to me just frothing at the mouth not not literally but and then inter interviewing doctors and I was just like what am I I'm like what 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 is going on here I'm like it's EUA we know these these huge corporations have done egregious crimes against humanity and been tried in court and proven guilty and paid like within the last decade. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. and I was like, 
am I going nuts? And what helped me really was is talking to doctor after doctor after doctor. I mean, including Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, Dr. Merrick, Dr. Corey, Dr. Nass, Dr. Fareed, Dr. Tyson, on and on and on that made me go, okay, I'm not insane. There is something going on here. (laughs) But you do, and I'll stop rambling, but it does make you feel insane. You're like, Mm -hmm. this is not... It'd be like if one day you're hanging out with your friends and like you're all shit-faced and then you get in the car and start going on the highway like 120 and you're like, you can't drive drunk or go 120 in a school zone. What are you doing? And everyone's looking at you like, what is your problem? And you're like, what? What? (laughs) Like, I don't... don't, Exactly. You just feel nuts. But ultimately, and I think you did, is you, I guess, just followed your heart or followed your... You had a spine? I I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's it's hard because... um, you know, everybody that I talked to that saw things the way that I did or like you did, it was so clear. I mean, yeah. it, there was no question. It was so obvious. And it. I guess the hardest part was on trying to understand until to this day, trying to understand why people who I worked with for 20 years, who I considered my, you know, to be very close friends, they were blinded. And and no amount of me trying to reason with them and trying to, you know, show them just common sense things was going to change their mind. And it, it, it was almost as if they had this shield of blindness that was put oh, it's over a, them. It's like a it's, spell. Yes, it's it's insanity. And and everybody I talked to saw that. It, it was as if like my eyes were as clear as as anyone's. I, I could see everything that's in front of me. And these people that I worked with had complete blinders on. And really, you do. You start saying to yourself, this is like out of this world. These people are possessed or something. Well, they, they, and then you start thinking, you're like, you're like, am I actually losing it? Right. That's oh, the yeah. other part. Oh, is yeah. You're like, you're like, if you gain weight, you can see yourself gaining weight. You can look at before and after pictures. You can catch yourself in a mirror and you're like, oh, oh, God, right? Your pants don't fit as well. Mm-hmm. Like I've been through that. It, mentally you can't catch yourself because you're on the inside and there's no like before and after picture so right I, I thought that i was like is this is this losing grip with reality is this mm-hmm. like do i need to go like be in a padded room mm-hmm. it's and so, sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you but like what you're saying is like no it's not even that it would almost be more comforting if I believed that everyone else knew it was wrong, but they were just complicit. Because that makes it so much simpler. You're like, oh, they're just evil. It's like an evil guy with devil horns. It's like, oh, you're just a mm-hmm. bad person. It wasn't even that. It's like other intelligent people. And I'm like, right? what is, what? And the only thing that like rooted me in reality really was like medical professionals talking to me and being like, no, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, you know, you can imagine back then I was so alone because I mean, the, again, every there were a lot of people who saw it and knew there was something weird going on, but they're not standing up. You know, they're, they're not going to fight for this. I mean, I, when I was walked out, it's not like anybody came to my rescue or, or, or not one person in the hospital was like, you can't do this. You can't do this to her. Nobody stood up. And, and, and mind you, and I, I, I'm not somebody who's boastful or anything like that, but, you know, I was something at that hospital. I was there, you know, 15 years. I was in leadership. Uh, yeah, you got it. You got a thing going. I, I mean, I mean, just a few months prior, I was on NPR radio 
for the hospital system. They asked me to be the spokesperson for the hospital on what a great job we did with managing COVID. And my hospital awarded me a Physician Excellence of the Year Award nomination. My state PA society nominated me for a seat on the state board for professional misconduct. I mean, I'm not I'm not a person that was just like something that just sat in the background. I mean, I was truly a leader and I was well respected, you know, loved by my peers, my patients, my community. And then to be treated this way and everyone just sat by and was like, let it happen. It just it just blows your mind. And, and you know, there are times I look back at, at it. And I just say, I don't know how I got through it uh, emotionally. I guess I just there's a strength that you when you know you're doing something right. And I, I, I don't know, there, there's not a doubt in my mind that I was I was right with what I was seeing and what I was doing. And to this day, despite all the losses, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I don't yeah. care because it again, through your medical training, you are grilled about the Hippocratic Oath and first do no harm and safety. Every single day at the hospital, we would have a safety meeting. I think it was at 10 o'clock sharp, if I remember. And every every leader from each department would come down and we'd meet and we'd talk about how we're keeping our patients and our community and the hospital and everybody safe. And here I'm bringing up like a humongous safety issue here and everyone is like making it out <laughs> like I'm the nut job. Yeah, it, it is just crazy. I mean, and some of the things we were seeing were just totally unexplainable. Like one of the things I tell people is this RSV virus, respiratory syncytial virus that was recently in the news. It was a big deal this winter. Well, when I was in the hospital last year, do you know that every single adult we admitted for RSV infection received the COVID vaccine? We had not one admitted that was not vaccinated for COVID. And keep in mind, in 20 years of doing this, I've never admitted a patient to the hospital with RSV infection. I'm talking about adults, not kids. It's a disease of children, not of adults. And all of a sudden we're admitting patients, adult patients who are healthy with RSV infection. And many of them got intubated. They, they went on the ventilator because of this infection. And then every one of them is vaccinated for COVID. And I would go to my infectious disease doctors in the hospital and I'd say, guys, don't you think this is weird? I mean, isn't anybody questioning this? And that's the kind of stuff we would see. Stuff you never saw in your career all of a sudden coming in and it was consistently in the COVID vaccinated. It's not like people unvaccinated were coming in with these things. And again, people were looking at me like I'm the nut job. And I said, where is your common sense? Where? What happened to the brain that is in your head? It's gone. It is wrapped around in an envelope of fear. I, I really, or, or I, I don't know. Uh, people truly bought into the idea that this vaccine was going was gonna to get us out of this mess. And I said to them, You're, it's a false flag. It's a false God. We know from every vaccine on the market, it doesn't, it doesn't get you, it's not gonna, you can't vaccinate your way out of a pandemic. We know that. We've known that for for years, but, and obviously I pr proved true, right? We're still in this mess. Yeah. Vaccines have done absolutely nothing. I mean. Well, they haven't done nothing. They've made a lot of money, right? Well, yeah, so, they've made, yeah, let's face it. I mean, part of, of me is like, part of me is like, I would I would do nothing different. A part, and another part of me is like, I'd shut my mouth and just buy Pfizer. Like, like the darks, like the dark devil on my shoulders, like 
listen, they're all fucked anyway. Just just buy a portfolio and retire at 30. And part of me is like, I, yeah, I mean, but it's for for like it is easier now because it's it's seeped into the public consciousness where it's no longer mm-hmm. verboten to say these things don't work. You know, not everyone's mm-hmm. a lot more people are saying it now, but it's also a lot more accepted. People are like, yeah, it was maybe it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. It that's easier now in March twenty twenty three. Bringing this up in spring twenty twenty one. I mean, oh, you were, you were, you were, uh, you're, a, you're. A, they would have hang. They would have hung you. You're a I mean, Nazi they could, they witch. They would have burned you at the stake. You're, yeah, a, yeah. you're worse than a pedophile. Oh, you're, a, you want grandma to die, and I was just like, I want. Hey, dude, if you want to go get a shot, go get ten. I don't, I don't care. I still believe that. If you want to go do heroin, go do heroin. I'm very much just go do whatever you want. Leave me out of it. But it's like. It's easier now, and I I look back at it too, and I'm like, how the hell did I like get banned from YouTube? Like the thing that's making me money, my podcast, like completely killed it, mm-hmm. completely shot it in the head. Like had to scramble, go to a new platform, rebuild everything. You know, explain to for like a year after that, it was, hey Tommy, you know, thanks for the email. Uh, where can I find your show? I can't find you on YouTube. Well, here's the thing, you know, so, Professor So and So. I got banned from YouTube. So many people were just like, I don't want anything to do with you, and like, to I, that took a direct kick to like trying to get people on my show. Like, oh, well, you're banned from YouTube. To them, they just go red flag, and it's. But I look back at it and I go, how did I actually, like, rationally? Let's break it down. Like, how did I get through it? And I think it was not so much that. I had to do X, Y, or Z. The alternative was just not an option to me. I was like, I know something is wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. And it wasn't like, I've got to be some freedom fighter. It was like, I don't like this. Like, I'm scared. I don't like everyone screaming at me. And like, something's not right. It's like when you but see like the loser yeah. kid in fifth grade getting picked on. And you go up, and even if your own friends are the ones picking on him, you're like, hey, stop. Mm-hmm. It's right. something's just, you're like, this isn't, something's not right. But don't you find it scary that there's so many people out there who maybe felt a little bit like that, but they decided not to act? They just turned the other cheek. There's I, so many, I, you know? I talked about this with, I forget who, but my logic is, this is how I look at it now. What we just saw was a full moon during COVID, right? And the last time this happened was 1930s Germany. It's only when the full moon comes out that you find out who's a werewolf. And the vast majority of people are werewolves. And then the moon goes away and everyone turns back to normal and we just pretend like that didn't just happen. Like a full moon didn't come out, Bob turned into a wolf and then ate a child. And now we're all just pretending that didn't happen. And I look at it now like I'm not pretending that didn't happen. And I'm, I joke, but not really. I'm like, I just like very quietly kind of want to move into the mountains and like disappear. Cause I'm like, oh, yeah. most people really, are willing yeah. to go along. Like all jokes aside, oh, most yeah. people are willing to just sign off on tyranny and otherizing. Right. And I'm like, oh, I can just Now kinda... you see how neighbors turned in neighbors during the Holocaust, right? 100%. People who lived next to each other for 20 years oh, we who saw were it. friends their kids played together and 
they turned in their neighbors to be taken to the death camps. Now you see, and I see it clear as day, and it scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Because I'm like, this is America. We're the last bastion of freedom here. And you mean to tell me that I'm in a country that literally my neighbor would have turned me in? Because I can tell you in the hospital, I was very, you know, patients would, families would ask all the time, did you get the COVID vaccine? Are you vaccinated as you're coming into their room to take care of their loved one? You know, and I, I, I was not going to lie. I would say, no, I, I I did not get the vaccine. Are you interested in knowing why? And they're like, what? You're not coming in my room. I hope you die. I mean, people would wish death on me, hoping I'd get hit by a car. All course, you know, and I'd ask them, don't you want to know why? I'm a healthcare worker. I've been working with COVID patients for the last year. Do you want to know why I don't want to get the cure? I mean, they don't want to know. They didn't want to know. And I just said to myself, this is, this is freaking scary. I mean... It's terrifying. This is America, the home of the free land of the brave. Where is the Americans? Where are I didn't feel safe anymore in my own country. That I mean, that's the really scary part. And and I I, I studied German in uh in in middle school, all through high school, and then into college. There's always something that that fascinated me about German history, the German language. And I love learning about the Holocaust because I think that this the understanding of how that happened always fascinated me. How did human beings do that? Well, now I've lived it. So maybe that's how I saw it so clear because I, I don't know. I, I studied so much. I think that's the that's the big scary part of this whole thing is this could happen again and next time it could be worse. Uh, you know, it could be a financial crisis or a food shortage or whatever thing that comes up. People turn into animals. We it's really do. So so quickly and it's that's what it was for me and it it really is like if you've ever like almost been in a car accident like you're pulling out of a you know (laughs) a grocery store and then like an 18 wheeler goes by and you kind of pause and you go oh you always think it wouldn't happen to me and then you go oh i just am another person i'm no different than someone that gets sideswiped and you hear about someone it's like oh you know I remember in college there was some kid I never knew him, but it was just like my age, and it was just like, oh, that does happen. It does. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even drunk. He was hit by a drunk driver just like a Saturday morning, and it just sends chills down your spine. And you're like, I will always be buckled up, and I'll always look both ways. And but something about seeing how most people didn't stand up or were just outright fooled by it, like good, good people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just look around and like at first it was like, I got to make other people see this. And now that I realize the vast, vast majority of people just went along with it, there really is like this quiet risk. So like when I was at school and the first two years of college at Valdosta State University, it was like a frat boy, idiot, meathead, just drank shit face, just smoking Mm -hmm. bongs, just terrible grades. And I, and every once in a while, like, and then like this, you know, the seniors would graduate and then you'd see them come back for homecoming just six months removed. And they'd all be so depressed. They'd be like, guys, they'd say it, they'd get drunk. They'd be like, dude, my life sucks. I I mean, I work at McDonald's. Like you guys should start studying, like stop partying. And everyone would be like, oh, shut up. And I remember seeing that and I started studying. I was terrified and I would try to convince my other friends of it. And they're all like, yeah, whatever, dude. And it dawned on me that I wasn't going to convince anyone. So I very quietly just transferred schools, just (laughs) said, I love all y'all and I'll see you another time. The majority of them are miserable. 
right after college. And it's kind of sad, but you have this realization that it's not my job. It's not my job to make everyone else see it. I I have Mm -hmm. to take care of me. And it's, is it selfish? I don't know. But when you try to show everyone, you have to at least try. But when those mm-hmm. people you're like, I hope you die, you anti, mm-hmm. you anti-vaxxer Nazi fuck, and mm-hmm. then you go, mm-hmm. you're like, God is my witness, I tried, and then you're like, yeah, peace out, <laughs> like, yep, I'm, yep. I'm leaving, I'm I'm gonna go get food, water, and a gun, and go hide in the mm-hmm. mountains. Y'all are insane. Yeah, that's when I gave it up to God. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, there are certain people you're just not gonna convince, and instead of you know breaking your back over it. I just said, no, I, I, this, this is all I can do at this point. Um, but yeah, it is, it's scary. And I think, you know, there's obviously psychologists or psychiatrists all around the world that study this kind of behavior in humans. It's just, it's just really scary. Um, how we, like you said, we fell for it again, you know, we just, I don't know. And, and that's why there's a part of me, you know, when we talk about this whole movement and this, freedom movement and all this stuff. There's a part of me that's a little nervous about it because what makes us think that people are going to stand up for America? What, 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 I mean, you know, if we got to the point where literally, I don't know, we were getting taken over and every city was getting hit. Are these people who wouldn't stand up for what was right with the shot going to stand up then? Absolutely I mean, what what not. is the thing that's going to ultimately make, I think in the end, we, we turn into just animals where we're about survival, self-survival. And whatever it takes, people are just going to do what takes to survive. And they're going to forget about their comrades and their fellow neighbors. And I, I, I don't know. I guess we're just going to, we're going to have to see, but I mean, we're seeing it now. We have people running around acting like everything's normal. And I'm like, anything, anything is, everything is anything but normal right now. We're headed for, we're we're on a freight train headed for disaster. (laughs) We really are. And people are planning Disney trips and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of the cognitive dissonance to be honest. I, I agree with you. I, I say to I myself, want, I, I want yeah. that bottle of Valium that y'all have. That where you <laughs> yeah. just you're like, fuck it, what plane's going down, yeah. whatever. The you know the, the the pretzels are good. Yeah, you know what? After a certain, instead of being like, all four engines are on fire, we're heading into a mountain. Like the plane's going down, the pilot's dead. Instead, I'm like, you know what? Pour, pour me a stiff one too. What are y'all? What movie yeah. are you guys watching on the backseat television? Like, yeah, all right. Like, I hear you. There are some days that I say to myself. You know what? Maybe these people have got it right. I think you they know? have. Uh, maybe I should plan a trip to Disney, or I can't because I'm unemployed. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, 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 wouldn't that be just like I would love to have that kind of personality to just I've, be like. Eh. Have, but you know what? Then I wouldn't be a whistleblower, right? No, I, yeah. And because I would have been, it's just not who I am. I guess you know. And the the thing is, is like the torment of knowing that you weren't truly asleep or truly cognitively dissonant that would ruin it like knowing that you know it's like getting drunk the night before an 8 a.m class it's never quite the same as like getting drunk on the last day of finals where you're like school's out like we have four weeks of christmas break like it's all good i just got a's like i can do this guilt-free it's getting drunk on a sunday night knowing full well you have an organic chemistry lab at 8 a.m and you're like you can never quite enjoy the night because you're like 
dude, this is going to be bad tomorrow. Bad. <laughs> this, like, this is bad. I can't miss the class. I, it's a, I have to take it. You're like, you never even enjoy the night. You're like, what am I even doing? I don't, like I could, like I'm sure I could just watch the Kardashians and eat Taco Bell and get drunk. and I mean, it'd be fun for a little bit. But I don't think I could ever fully lean into it. There would just be this little bug in the back of my mind that's like, we're heading for World War Three. They're mm-hmm. giving a bioweapon to everybody. The government's censoring the internet. There is no mm-hmm. southern border. There's hyper... Inf- It'd be a bad right. trip. It'd be a bad trip. Yeah. But it's also hard living with your eyes wide open. It, it, mm. it, and when everybody else is is <sighs> running around with their eyes closed, it, it's really hard. I tell people a lot of times it's really hard knowing what I know. Because obviously I saw COVID for what it was. And then I saw the vaccines for, for what they are. And it's much bigger than people realize everybody's, you know, there are still people running around actually thinking this is about public health. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with a vaccine, a virus or public health. It's anything but, um, like I said, we're on a, we have a freight train coming right for us. Um, and it's financial, it's your food security. I mean, I heard the other day, actually yesterday driving home, I heard that I don't know. One of the one of the chain like little grocery stores is the, is going to stop selling eggs because they can't get them for a decent price to be able to turn them around for a profit. So they're just going to stop selling them. And they notified all their customers we can't get eggs anymore. And you know people are just like, oh, it's inconvenient. It's I'm like, it's inconvenient. It's bizarre. Like, why aren't you worried about this? I don't care about the eggs. It's just the fact that a grocery store chain isn't going to carry them anymore. And it's funny, I was in a local grocery store last night with my daughter and there are no workers. There's nobody there. There's literally just your self-checkout. And this is a major grocery store. And I say to the lady, hey, you know, where are all the people? And they're like, we don't have any staff. We close early. Um, yeah, I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any staff? Like, no one's questioning how bizarre this is. Where are the people? So if you listen to Ed Dowd, we know where the people are, right? Yeah, they're all if you dead. heard Ed, Ed, Ed Dowd's in your boat, that's really disturbing. Yeah, I've had him on here. Yeah, no, that was a... Yeah, he's he's scary. I mean, that's really scary. But, you know, it's the truth because we went to Tennessee last summer, and on the drive down, it's in every state, the same situation. Because, you know, people in New York are like, oh, you know, it's everybody on disability. Everyone's collecting Medicaid. They're just sitting on their butts not wanting to work. But then you go to... Tennessee and you go to Ohio and you go to West Virginia and they all have help wanted signs everywhere too. And everyone's closing early because they have no staff. Where are the people? Is anybody questioning where the people are? I mean, it's bizarre. But doesn't it, doesn't it almost start to feel like a dream? Oh yeah. Like, and I, and I know that's also like the first step of dissociating is feeling like you're not here. So again, I have to be like, am I losing it? Do I need to go check into an asylum? Like noted, keep an eye on that. But like, I guess I am lucky in that I do have before and afters with my brain because of the podcast. I do have video evidence of myself. So I am in a rare occasion where I can maybe perhaps see a dissent. But one thing I always hold true to is I used to tell patients this all the time. If you're questioning your sanity, you're not crazy. Because crazy people truly don't know they're crazy. That's a good point. Right? That's a very so, good point. I mean, I, I would say that to myself, Deb, you're not crazy because you're questioning it, right? If you're totally insane, 
you don't question what you're doing. So nobody, but it's hard. It's hard. Sorry, I know I'm reaching all around here with another water bottle. Not at all. Um, it almost starts to feel a little dreamlike, and mm -hmm. that you're like, is this one of those things where you wake up and you go, oh. you're like, you know, when you wake up from like a bad dream and immediately, like first you're relieved, and then you, you're like, how did I not see that? You're like, of course I wasn't in class naked. You're like, that's so irrational. Of course my, the wheels on my car didn't turn into flamingos, and that's why I got pulled over. Like, as you, you first you're relieved, and then you go, that was so goofy. Like, I should have known. Like, of course there wasn't a dragon on campus eating people. Like, and then you go, how did I not see that? And, you know, normal stressors, like, or whatever, like you expect them, traffic, you know, relationships, whatever. But this, it almost feels, it almost feels like this, like if this was your dream and like I don't exist and, and, and nobody exists and this is just all your imagination, just this is Deb Conrad's dream. Wouldn't this be how your subconscious starts to manifest the dream collapsing? Because if you didn't know you were in a dream, it wouldn't be that the dream is collapsing. It would be the things that you take as staples would be collapsed, like the Pentagon saying there's UFOs. Mm -hmm. We're just going to World War Three with China and Russia. It's just the supply chains breaking down, like 1984 governments taking over. Wouldn't that be like how you're, wouldn't that be what the collapsing of the dream is like? It would just be, and I know this sounds insane, but it almost feels it's almost eerie where mm -hmm. as scared as I am and as worried as I am, part of me is also just a little perplexed where I'm like, what is all of this? Why is it all going so South? And how come no one seems to even notice it? Mm -hmm. It's like, almost out of this world, right? It's, and it's again, you're not the only one I'm telling you town. You know, if you, I mean, you've, you've interviewed a lot of people, if you ever got this in depth with someone, almost every single person, I guarantee you, Dr. McCall, like all these, these great doctors, they would go this deep with you because we all feel it. Yeah. It's not one thing. It's almost as if there's truly a good versus evil and we're headed for some sort of climax, some like, sort of something. Like final battle um, or something. Yeah. It's it's really it's really eerie. Um, and no, I, I'm totally with you there. There's something so fundamentally wrong and yeah. bizarre about what's what's going on. And again, I think what really makes it true to me is when I, I I've done a couple of podcasts internationally. When I I, I did one with Reiner Fulmick uh, a number of months ago, and to hear what is going on in Europe. <laughs> You know, you just say to yourself, this is not a U.S. problem. This is a world problem. Every single country is affected. Some worse than others, and depending, you know, this is totally bizarre. And just like in lockstep, leadership is all aligning one way or another. It's it's really eerie. 
I'm sure you interviewed Dr. Malone. He probably, maybe he didn't get super in depth, but no, I've, I've had him some on of his, like, like 20 times. Yeah. Yeah. Some of his recent sub stacks are really kind of, you know, I, I love reading his, his sub stacks and he really gets you thinking. Uh, it's, I always joke about Dr. Malone is just like a, he's a case study in red pills. I first had him on, on, on July 1st, uh, 2021. And it began, oh, wow. it began with like, I had him on way before Rogan did. And I did, I get no, I get, what did I get? I get banned from YouTube. Rogan gets <laughs> called out by the White House. No, there's no <laughs> such thing as bad press. I don't, I didn't get that press. Rogan has on McCullough. Everyone hate, hate watches. Ro I'm like, hate watch me. I'm, yeah. what, that's another rant for another time. <laughs> but like when I first had him on, it was very, we we're just talking about the influence of, you know, pharmacy and lobbying and money. And then fast forward, and by like the twentieth episode, it's like the Federal Reserve was created to rob us of our freedoms, and it's just like just full blown went down the rabbit hole. He's just free falling, and yep. it's, it's beautiful to see. But yeah, it, uh, yeah man, I get I I don't know why I do this, like because it makes me so anxious, like talking about mm -hmm. it. Like even now, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I not just doing podcasts about puppies? Like why? <laughs> Why do I even? Why aren't have you an, planning a trip to Disney? Exactly. Why don't I? Why do I even have an internet connection? Why am I not just like going on Instagram and just like drooling? Like, what is this? Is this some weird sort because of self-punishment? I truly believe no. There, there is a force behind this. There is a force behind this that is aligning us on the one side. It's crazy. I, I mean, I I could go on and on about about this from, you know, my experience and what I felt and things that happened to me through this whole journey. It's, it's just incredible. And, and, and there is, there is a reason behind all of this and we're on the right side of it. As scary as it is. And, and trust me, I've had those anxious days. I have them probably every other day, you know, where I'm checking myself in and all that kind of stuff, you know, cause I get, I get freaked out, but then I have my rational common sense days that I say to myself, you know what, maybe I, I was born for this mission. This is this is my mission. Um, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. It feels so right. I would. It's not like I would do anything different. I mean, you wouldn't either. Let's face it. You couldn't do it. There, there's something that's making you do this, and you can't turn away from. You could very easily say, "No, I'm going to be like all my buddies, and I'm going to say screw it, and I'm going to go and party and do whatever." You won't be able to. It'll eat you. Yeah. It'll haunt you. You won't be able to sleep. You won't be able to breathe. You won't be able to eat. You won't be able to function until you do what you are supposed to do. And I'll tell you, that's how I felt. I, I had a, I had a literally a coming to Jesus moment for me where it was at that crossroads where I, where I knew I had to come forward, right? I had to blow the whistle. I, I, and you, you can imagine how scary that is because you know what? It's like literally walking like into battle and knowing you're going to get killed, you know, and to know there was nothing I could do to stop it. And I pulled over on the side of the road coming home from the hospital one night. And I was just crying my eyes out, heaving, screaming, like, I can't do this. Like, pick somebody else. I can't do this. And I called. It's funny. At the, at the exact same time, a patient whose mother had passed away after vaccination happened to call me at that exact time. And... It was amazing because her husband happened to be, be a pastor and got on the phone with me and hearing this crazy woman just heaving and crying and sobbing. And he just told me, you have to do 
what you're supposed to, you have to listen. You can't turn away. It won't let you turn away. Yeah. And literally from that moment, I had a peace about it. And I prayed about it. And I said, you know what? If this is the way I go out, if this is what, so be it. I can't be tortured anymore. Now, do I have my days that I'm freaking out like you? and so, Yeah. But on the majority of the days, I have a peace about it that is just, I don't know, you, you, it, it's unexplainable. I've, it's literally like where there's no fear on you know on most days. I don't know how to describe no, it. No, I know I oh, know that because right. I've had those I've had those glimpses of peace and I don't get them as often as I would like. I mean, clearly there's something in me that keeps going despite the just waves of anxiety and mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. and then there's like a little bit of like surrender where you go I I have to do this. Because you have this idea of like I have to do the right thing and I have to win, and then it starts to dawn on you. You go, oh, doing the right thing might not necessarily entail living. <laughs> like, like yeah. it, it might not work out well. And you go, right. oh, oh, totalitarian dictatorships kill dissidents. Oh, and then you come to peace with that, and you go, okay, all right. And you but go, do you honestly see yourself doing anything different? No, that, and that's the thing is I right? is I can't. And part of me is just almost like it's almost like when you're in like fifth grade and you're doing a book report. And I used to love when they'd be like, "Who wants to go first? I would just raise my hand and go, because there's nothing worse than for, for like an hour a day they would do book reports for like a week, <laughs> and no one would volunteer, so the teacher would just go through the roster and just choose a name. And waiting every day was just, and you still had to go give the book report, but it was either you give the book report, I would always try to go up first. And then for the next five days, it was just like, I just imagine like fifth grade me with a bowl cut and braces. But in my mind, it was like I had a tumbler of whiskey and a cigar. I was like, I'm fucking done. I did. I don't care that I gave the book report and got a C. That sucks. And my parents are going to yell at me, but you're like, yeah, I did it. Everyone else is just, you know, fifth grade anxieties of like, am I going to remember the, you know, the line, the witch in the wardrobe or whatever you're doing? And I have those. And part of me is like, I almost just wish it were like, I've decided I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm like, can we speed it up? Like if, if, if you're going to come kick down the door and like shoot me in the head, you're like, can we, can we just do it? I've already accepted. I'm doing it. I've already accepted. I'm going out. I'm good with God. I pray every day. I'm like, I'm good. Can we stop with the, just that free where it's just like a mosquito in your ear and you're like you're like just bite me just fucking get over with like oh i'm working myself up now and then i'm like no i hear you i pray about it all the time too i'm like my heart rate is just yeah if i just come just come get me you know if this is the way i mean i've done things just do it just pull off the band-aid i've done things through this whole process that like we're not me. You know, I, I've gotten on planes at a moment's notice to go meet strangers in another state. I, the, the old me or whoever the was me before all this nonsense yeah. craziness would never have done that. I, I would have been, you know, captured by fear and anxiety and all this. Mess. But literally, it's almost as if someone else is in control of my world, my body, everything that I do. And I get on that damn plane. I just get on and I just go and do what I have to do. And like you said, it's almost like a dream. It's surreal half the time I don't even feel present sometimes, but I, it's like, like I said, there's this force that's just driving me forward to whatever this mission is that I'm supposed to do. And again, whenever this 
whenever God decides to come and get me, you know, I mean, and people say, no, you're so young. You've got your whole life ahead of you, you know, but, but, but I say to myself, but I I don't, I don't know. I I don't know how to explain. And I just feel like you and, and so many others that I've, you're chosen. I don't know what to tell chosen for what I don't know, but you're, you're chosen. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to turn away from this and maybe acceptance uh, and just, you know, like, like Ed Dowd, if you, his recent interview with Tucker Carlson, he just like threw his hands up in the air and he just said to God, you know what? Use me, whatever you need me to do, just do it, work through me. And he said from that moment forward, it was like, boom, he just took off and now he has a piece. It's that, it's that piece when you're sick and you're nauseous and you're in bed with an ice pack. And like a couple hours go by and you're still trying to like not move the bed and like you're like not. And then finally you go, I'm throwing up. It's happening. <laughs> and you're just like, it's happening. And you go to the bathroom and you're like, right, I'm going to try not for it to be bad. And then you start throwing up and you can like feel like the capillary. Like when I throw up, like the capillaries around my eyes burst. There's, it's so. In- and then I'm. But in that moment of pure hell, that's almost like an exorcism. There is a moment of just like. It's out of my hands. You're like, and then you finish and then you finish and you're like, oh, like I got to like brush my teeth and like, I got to like Windex everything. But you're like, oh, and then you just go and you just pass out and you're like, oh, I'm so good. And just acceptance. But the thing with that is, is like you can go, you choose and you go, it's time to throw up and then you can go throw up or you make yourself throw up. Like, I don't even know what the throwing up is. Like if I could, I would. And. When I say like I'm willing to go, I don't mean that in some like I'm a I'm gonna go out fight. I don't know. I don't mean that in some crazy like I'm gonna strap up with gun. No, I'm a, I'm a pacifist. It's like I don't even know what the throwing up is. If I knew what it was, I would do it. But I don't even know what it is. Right. And I guess the, I don't either. Yeah, I just take it one day at a time. And if people <sighs> call me, they need help. If patients call me, I, I mean, I get text messages, emails so every single day, and I just answer the call. I help people. I just kind of waiting. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but, um, I just kind of take it one day at a time. That's, that's all I can do, you know, until, and don't get me wrong. I have those days that I'm totally freaking out. I totally get it. I I do. I have more days than, but you know, and maybe it'll, it'll get better for you, you know, as time goes on and I don't know, you get, you eventually get that piece about it and just say, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't like it. I don't want it, but it is what it is. Yeah. And you it's... just kind of accept it because like I said, if I, if I, if I let fear in the, would it stop me? No, but it'd be a hell of a worse ride than it already is. You know, there, there are days like I was recently in, um, in Mississippi, uh, for a, uh, I was speaking at the Capitol there and there was a moment I was sitting in the hotel room and I had a moment of clarity the hell you're in ten, you're in freaking Mississippi right now. You're away from your family. Anything could happen. And you're, you're here in another state alone. Like that moment of clarity. I'm like, Whoa, totally freaked out. And then I'm like, calm down. Just accept what is you're going to be okay. And then I was okay. But you know, I have those moments that I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. How did I get here? I want my old life back. Yeah. I want to go back. To the, do I want to go back to the hospital? No, but I mean, you know, I want my old life back. The life where I just got up every day like everybody else and had coffee and planned for the weekend and didn't worry about this shit, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, and I don't have those days anymore. I haven't had those days for three years. I can't remember you know? like the last normal day of, and like, no. I can't even. You know, I, when I would like, I was pre med in college. I got into medical school in Miami, and I remember just like the nights where I'd be having panic attacks because I was on like no sleep and Adderall and studying. Mm -hmm. I'd always remind myself, and I'd be like, "It's gonna be so great when I get into med school. It's just, it's just gonna be that moment, and I'm gonna be so I'm gonna hold that acceptance letter." I'm going to go like to the white coat ceremony and I'm going to be so proud. And I'm, it was just, that would like calm me and dieting. You're so hungry and you're like, I just, you're like, I want to diet. I can't wait till I can like see my abs again. And that it kind of gives you a carrot to move forward to. I don't even have these with this anymore where I'm like, what would be the best thing? So like I have 16,000 subscribers right now. I'm like, what if, you know, Elon Musk retweeted this and I got 500,000 subscribers? What if Spotify signed me to a deal and I made a million dollars and I could... And I think about that and there's no, like, butterflies or excitement mm -hmm. about that. And I don't mean that in, like, a depress depression sense because that's also depression is numbness. But it's not that. I'm still going to the gym every day. I'm still exercising. I'm still right. learning. I, I wouldn't be able to keep moving if I was, like, cr like uh, 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 I'm having a massively depressed crippling depression mm -hmm. but like the carrot isn't even like all right what would be the best thing ever what would be the biggest episode i could ever do it'd probably be like i don't know like if i had vladimir putin and joe biden together and i'm like and that would get me like a hundred million downloads and i think about that and it doesn't even register i'm like yeah i guess there would be a hundred million downloads but like what is okay so what would that entail well that would entail a lot of money and i could retire at 32 and i'm like what point is there retiring in a world that's seemingly going off the cliff like i don't want to retire it's like retiring to the titanic i don't want to be oh you're retired you have the master suite yeah but i'm leaning at a 45 degree angle and death awaits yeah. so like there's not even like the carrot to work towards anymore where it's like there's going to be peace in there mm -hmm. I'm just like, can we win this thing or can we just, can you just like, if, if, if God's using me, I mean, can you just use me as a pawn and throw me off the table? Cause I'm so anxious every day. I'm so fearful. Like, I don't want to keep doing this, but I'm not going to quit. So like, please be merciful. He won't let you quit, Tom. He's not going to let you quit. And I know it sucks. I know it sucks because I'm right here with you. And there are thousands upon thousands of other people that were chosen for this that are right with you too. And it, and it sucks. And my only hope is that on the other side of this, whatever that other side is, whether it's heaven or still living on earth here, there is a light there. Darkness never wins. Light always wins. You know that. I mean, it's a really, really shitty time right now, but I don't know. I, I, I do hold out whether it's again in this life or not. I don't care. I know that. I know I'm doing the right thing. And no matter what, I wouldn't change it as hard as this is. And when I think about history and the, you know, the people that truly changed history, um, the th sacrifices that they made, I, I don't know. Does this compare? I don't know. I would never elevate, elevate my level to somebody, you know, like some of these people that have yeah, you I know, can't, I can't do that either. But at the same time, you know, I don't know what my, I'm, I'm with you. I, every day I'm like, what, what's next? What's the plan? Like, what, what, yeah. Are we going to get through this day or, you know, 
it is frustrating, you know, and I, I've got little kids, you know, I have kids and, and, and a husband and all that stuff, but, and it's hard for them because mom's not the same anymore. You know, I've always been kind of a, you know, go-getter, so, somewhat serious person, you know, very motivated and driven, but I, I'm fun. <laughs> you know, I like to have fun and do things and it's hard some days, Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And even for the people who aren't speaking out and aren't public like you and I, there are many, many people who are really suffering right now because they feel alone, um, you know, feeling like they can't contribute or what can they do to help kind of thing. And, and that's where I like I, I try to support them as best I can. And I tell them not everybody, not everybody, I guess, is chosen or has the ability to to be public. It's scary being public. I don't want this. Like I said, I want my old life back where, where I just live in my life and no one knows me and. I go to my job every day and come home and complain about the weather or whatever. Um, but I can't turn back now, you know? And again, when I look back and I'm sure you can look back on this experience and see how everything was almost in lockstep. Perfect. People you met experiences you had almost seemed like it was designed. I know I look back at my life and it's the stuff that has happened to me and the people I've met. It's not random. It's, it's a plan. And I said, if I if I do make it out alive with this, I'm going to write a book about exactly how perfect this plan was for my life. So I know I'm being guided by something out of this world, and I feel safe with that something. Um, no matter what, I'll be protected. You know, and I truly believe that. You know, and I think you will be too. As scary as this this all is, uh, maybe you just have to just uh, surrender to it. I don't know. Now, that's the answer. No, Give yourself a piece. It is. I mean, it is all. It's working perfectly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is like a Swiss watch. Like, there's no fat to trim off of it. It's. It's like when you read a speech or hear a speech, and you're like, there wasn't a single extra word in there. That was perfect. Like, it's all happening with exquisite precision still doesn't make it suck any less <laughs> is this i mean what, what did you like is this is have you been doing this podcast even before covid or was COVID i started the this that... podcast unknowingly the day covid came to the united states december 12 2019 i just want to talk My. to people yeah no so I, was this your plan for your life? I mean, did you? Absolutely not. No, I got into medical school in 2013. I wanted to be a doctor. I decided right after I graduated, right after I got accepted, that I didn't want to go. Soon after that, I lost a sibling to suicide. That kind of threw me on like wow. a downward spiral of drugs and weight gain for a couple of years. Became suicidal myself in 2016. Moved home with my parents at age 26. Kind of got my life back together over several grueling years of just therapy and being a fucking loser. You know, all my friends are getting married and becoming lawyers and having kids and I'm living above my parents' garage and had tried. I wanted to be my own boss because um, after I got into medical school, I was like, I'm smart enough to do this. I'm smart enough to do anything. And a lot, a lot of failures, video editing, want to do comedy, photo editing, writing, this, that, and the other thing. And finally, I've always had an ability to talk to people. I finally, I don't know what was the spark, but one day I finally just like opened up my laptop and was like, I can do this shit. Like, I just got to mm -hmm. meet people. I know, I know I can talk to people. I've always been able to talk to people. Just me on a random bus in a different city. I can, 
I can go up to the driver and be like, what's up? And just, we can talk for two hours and have a great, like, so I was finally just like, I can do this. I can do this. And the, like a month or two into it, it was like January, February, 2020. And I was like this for the first time in my life, I truly feel like I'm doing, I'm like, this is great. Like I'm going to succeed. I'm like, everything's great. So long as like the world doesn't fall apart, my life's good. Well, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, COVID hit and mm-hmm. still am, as this whole podcast, as this whole episode is shown, still not entirely sure which way is up, but like, yeah, I guess I'm just being a bitch. Like it's painful and I want some reprieve. I just, I want like a little win. Can we have mm-hmm. like a glimpse of? Like, part of me is, like, almost is, like, is this spiritual? Is this good versus evil? And in which case, is this whole world, is this physical realm, is it not meant to be one? Is it, like, it's, this is temporary, you know, and the heavenly paradise is beyond this. It is beyond matter and energy and biology and, you know, gravity and electromagnetic waves and sine waves and math and physics and whatever. Is it beyond this? And is this just a training ground? Who cares if it gets destroyed? There's eternal life beyond this. Mm-hmm. And a part of my part of me is like, that's I like that, but it also feels a little escapist. Part of me is like, wouldn't God show like the size of his balls by being like, no, not only do we have heaven, we're also gonna fucking win Earth. Like, part of me is like, I don't know if I like the escapism, like the biblical. No, the world's supposed to fall apart, and I'm like, that kind of seems like tail between your legs pussy shit excuse my french but like that's i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this it's all terrifying it is excuse my french my mom would smack me if she, she will <laughs> listen to this and she will comment on that <laughs> no it is it is terrifying but you know you're here you're doing it it's i don't know I don't this know. is where you're supposed to be i don't know i don't like it's it bizarre I, I don't i don't even i don't like it either it's not fun <laughs> i do have no. the background of my phone though is uh i don't know if you can see it but it's uh well oh shit wrong way it's <laughs> this is samsara we suffer here and it's like a buddhist god samsara is supposed to be like the incarnations of suffering it says mm-hmm. uh this is samsara we suffer here take your sensitive ass back to nirvana mm-hmm. and it's the idea that it's the idea that like nirvana always exists we've been around we are souls that have been around for eternity we can go sit in nirvana in peaceful bliss with oneness and God and love and ever just the best, just it's like Christmas morning times a trillion. And you've probably done that for millions of years. And then you're like, I want to try something new. Like, why do you go on roller coasters? They're terrifying, but mm-hmm. you still choose to go on them. Maybe that's what this is. You're like, I want to see what it'd be like to be scared shitless every day for three years. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. But what? One thing's great. I'll tell you. And I'm sure you realize. You 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 meet some really great people through this process. That's that's a win. I mean, I I met more real people that I can truly now call friends that that I know would fight would fight in this battle with me if I had to go. You know what I mean? Like they're. There aren't many of us, but they're pretty awesome people. No, they are. You know. Well, I mean, if we do survive, it's going to make a hell of a story. Yeah. 
Sure is. And again, just knowing we're on the right side of it. Yeah. Because we are. Yeah. I'd much rather be on this side than be blinded and with a freight train coming at me and not even know. Those are the people I pray for, you know, are the people that have no clue. They're literally living day to day. You know, we think it's great. Yeah. But they're the ones going to be running around, pulling their hair out, screaming in a circle, having no food, no, no, nothing prepared. You know, if we get to that point yeah. Um, where you and I, we're going to be scared, but we're going to be calm, you know, because nothing's going to shock us. There's yeah. nothing that's going to shock me, honestly. Yeah. Nothing. I've been through hell. Nothing is going to shock me moving forward. They you know, could, people tell me, oh, we're going to we're going to be invaded tomorrow. I'll be like, OK, well, I saw that coming. The, the news you could break I mean? right now. They could breaking. We found concentration camps in the middle of the U.S. with 10 million Nothing's bodies. Shocking. I'd be like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. 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 We have a clarity about us that that like, will protect yeah. us. Yeah. Where you have people that, again, they don't see anything. And imagine when that reality hits them. They're, they're, those are the people we have to pray for because they're in real trouble, you know, and there's a lot of them out there. Why do I do this? You know? Why do I, why do I do this podcast? Why don't I not just, <laughs> why do I not I review do TikTok? Why don't I go over the newest Snapchat update? Why am I not talking about celebrities with ass injections? What am I, <laughs> why, <laughs> why, <laughs> why am I doing this? You're just, this is where you're <sighs> supposed to be. This is what you've been chosen for. I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I know. I'm with you. None of us like it. Talk to us all. We're, we don't like it. But there isn't any other place I'd rather be, to be honest with you. I, like I said, there's a there's a clarity and a peace about it I can't explain. I would and rather. as awful be, as it is, it's great, too. I would rather be at the point where it's over. I'm not as, I, I can't be as upstanding as that. There is a place I would rather be, and it's in the time and place when all of this is over, be that my death or be that victory. Yeah. I would be very honest and say, no, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on board with this, but I am here and there's no changing that. And I also think that I think if we don't do this, I think we have to do it again. I think if, I think if you die and you didn't do the right thing you're like finally it's over i think you have to do it again i really do believe mm-hmm. that i think you have to congratulations you failed pre-calculus <laughs> you gotta take it in. i took pre-calculus four times in college i would just keep withdrawing once i got an f i'd be like fuck it then i have yeah. to take it the next semester one of my friends is like what do you what do you think is going to happen you have to pass this class to go to medical school and when yeah. i finally that dawned on me i just did it i just barely like i see and i passed but that's the other thing I guess that's driving me forward is I'm like, I don't think there's quitting. I think you literally like it's Groundhog Day. It's Bill Murray mm-hmm. waking up and it's, you know, the alarm clock being like, put your little hand in mine. You're like, fuck, <laughs> I just got to do it again. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I will, uh, I'll let you go. I've kept you for an hour and 15 minutes of just me. This is your turn into therapy. Just me venting. And no, it was stressing. great. It was great. I don't know if this is what you expected for this podcast. No one, no one has a normal experience here. Everyone leaves here going, "What the hell was that?" Um, I love it. Good. It's, it's the most relaxed I've been in a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're relaxed. I'm glad someone's relaxed. Maybe what goes around, maybe I'll find some relaxation. Yeah, you never know. 
<sighs> you never know where this is going to lead, right? I know, but God, it is. <laughs> you know, I am having some fun. I've started streaming video games at night, and I am having some fun. So even if the world is going to hell, I do have a couple hours of fun every night playing video games and people watching. So if you're watching this, watch the video games tonight. That's all I got. Watch the video games. That's that's the only reprieve I have. Um, guys, if uh, you want to support Miss Conrad and her travels and her endeavors, there are two links in the description that you can go donate to. And... Um, yeah you got anything else you want to plug no all right miss conrad pa thank you so much tom thank you for coming on here thank you for your time thank you for listening to me just vent and thank you for being my punching bag um absolutely no keep in touch with me yes ma'am and uh yeah i'd love to do it again absolutely <sighs> for anybody listening I, i'm fine you don't need to reach out you don't need to like time are you on edge this is how i feel 24 7 now you're just seeing it it's fine um, I'm going to play video games, and then I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and rinse and repeat, and I'll keep doing this year after year after year after year until I finally go insane, and that will be the last episode. But, um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being open with me. Guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. And, again, if you want to go support Ms. Conrad and her endeavors, if you want to go help her with the travel bills and all that good stuff, two links in the description. Go drop a dollar. Ms. Conrad. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. Yes, ma'am. Take care, everybody. Thanks Recording for watching. Stopped. Stay safe out there. Peace.